0: Hi there, welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. It's Tuesday, August the 31st, and lots to enjoy through the next half an hour or so. Particularly pleased to be welcoming back to the podcast Irish trainer Jer Lyons, who passed his 1000th winner milestone yesterday. And that was hot on the heels of Sacred Bridges' rampant performance in the Round Tower Stakes at the Curra on Friday. Carrying the Judmont Silks, she could now be bound for the Cheevele Park Stakes, and possibly, as Jer Lyons will tell me, a bid for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. More of that later. He also firmly rejects calls today for Horse Racing Ireland to revert back to 24 hour declarations from the temporary 48 hour situation there's been through the Covid period. While Sacred Bridge was very good, if you're going to talk about where the best racing was over the weekend it came from Saratoga. And whilst Travers winner Essential Quality, who just keeps winning, should have taken the lion's share of the headlines in fact it was Forensic. Fire, who did, or the Saratoga Savage, as herein after he should be known, having tried repeatedly to bite and wrestle the bridle off his winning rival, Yorpong, through the final couple of furlongs. I'll be talking to Frenzy Fire's trainer, Kelly Breen, and I'll be asking him, how much does he worry about this as he trains the horse up? to the Breeders' Cup. And he's got some quite interesting thoughts too. Klaus Eulenberger will be along later to tell me about the sales in Germany this weekend. But first of all, news of a returning jumps jockey. And not just any jumps jockey either. We spoke at length in the spring about whether or when the multiple Grand National and Cheltenham Festival winning rider Davy Russell would return to the saddle after an horrific neck injury. He insisted he would. Medical science seemed to suggest he wouldn't. Well, he's had a summer and now it seems as though he's back raring to go again. And it could, as he tells me very shortly, be within a week. David Yates is newsboy from the Daily Mirror and broke the story over the weekend. Dave, your thoughts?
1: I think it's interesting that we were talking back in March and April about Davy Russell not being ready for uh, the to, to, to ride Tiger Roll if he were to go to the Grand National entry. Of course, he did go to entry uh, in the end, and uh, and he wasn't quite ready for that. Uh, for that return after the dislocation and fracture of the of the vertebrae in his neck and back and now we're talking about his return in well the the first or second week of September I think it's good that with the pressure of the the spring festivals off that he's been able to to do that in his own time without feeling that he's got to rush it um nobody needs convincing what a a superb jockey and horseman Davy Russell is and it will be uh, it, it will be good to have him back. Of course, his his return will coincide with that of Gordon Elliott, his uh, longtime friend and ally. When when the story uh, appeared on Saturday, a few people contacted me on Twitter to say they thought Davy Russell was mad, and that's the second aspect to it: is that I think he's we we know that he's a, a, a already an integral part of the the training a machine at Cullentra House with Gordon Elliott and Denise Foster. And so he's not one of those jump jockeys or one of those jockeys like Richard Dunwoody and to a, a, a lesser extent, McCoy that you feared for them when they would retire what would they do what would they find to to fill the huge void that left by the, the obsession that's no longer there we know that for example he you know surely he would fit seamlessly uh into training and so in that sense I'm quite surprised that at 42 he's coming back from such a serious injury but on the whole I'm pleased because I think that watching Davy Russell ride is a joy and I'd like to do that for as long as i can
0: so i spoke to davy and i began by asking him how his journey to a return to the saddle was progressing
2: yeah yeah it's um it's going great now thank god nick um so the way i feel now compared to when i the way i felt i was i'm happy now that the, the, the decision was kind of made for me that i just wasn't right to come back but Uh, I feel great now at the moment and I'm back riding out and I never really stopped working but I I, I did put on a couple of pounds um, and uh, so I've been working very hard in the last couple of weeks and months to get it off and you know intense physio and gym and things like that so um, no we're, we're not too far away now all we need is a drop around.
0: Yeah, so I mean, the important thing is, how is, your, how is your neck? Because you obviously you had sort of slightly re- reduced mobility and you were pushing yourself and pushing yourself and you were describing these pretty horrific processes that they used to test whether your neck was strong enough to, to take it. Where are you with that now?
2: Yeah, no, we're very good. Um, so I have an excellent physio. I'm, I'm so lucky to, to, ha- to have the physio that I have and his team. And we just, he actually went out and bought... Uh, certain things for my injury to help me recuperate and um, everything is going according to plan so um, yeah the, the, the strength is back to where, it, where it's much better than it was um, we'll say around March time and uh, yeah just really looking forward to getting stuck in again
0: so you think I mean if in theory you'd feel quite comfortable if somebody said to you you've got to go out and ride in a race tomorrow you'd feel quite comfortable doing that
2: oh yeah I'm ready to go yeah I'm ready to go yeah
0: so what what do you need to do in terms of passing medics and tests and licensing and whatnot?
2: Yeah, I've I'm pre- I'm pretty much passed everything. Um, uh, Dr. Jennifer Pugh is very happy with my um, recovery. The surgeon is very happy with the way the the whole thing recovered. And um, it's just a matter of fitness now and, and just kind of waiting for a drop of rain for them better artists to come
0: out. Yeah, because understandably, you don't really want to start back again on, on sort of lower-grade horses in lesser races, do you? I mean, that would be counterproductive.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's just, look, we've come this far, and um, there's, um, obviously Gordon's getting his licence uh, back soon, and there'll be a couple of nice horses to run, but they won't run until there's plenty of juice in the ground. Uh, so but we're just waiting for all them things to align, all the stars to align, and, and then we can kick on, you know?
0: Are you going to wait till he gets his license back? Is that is that something in your mind?
2: Uh, not necessarily, but I suppose it will it, 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 it it'd be a great help. Um, it will be a great help for me um, when Gordon is back, um, calling the shots. As we work quite well together, um, and and it's just that uh, we've had quite a dry uh, August. So and all them nicer horses won't be um, they won't be running until there's plenty of juice in the ground and plenty of rain about so um, you know it's just for all them things to click so it might take a couple of weeks it might it could happen next week it could happen in three weeks time. So um we're just just waiting for that but as you know in our Ar- in, in Ireland rain is never too far away.
0: Are you basically then what you're saying is are you going to take us all a little bit by surprise so you're not going to say I'm coming back on September the 9th or September the 15th or October the 1st it's just when you feel it you'll just say right declare me on one.
2: Yeah exactly I'd like to give a date but there's no point in me giving a big date and and then obviously not much on that day to ride, if you know what I mean, so I'm kind of dictated by the horses I'll be able to ride and when they're ready, so I can't just say, here lads, move over, I'm coming back, um, I'll have to work my way back into the system, the same as every other jockey in the yard, and, and I just... But once, once Garden is happy and and all the owners are happy for me to do
0: that, then you know I'll be ready to go. I mean, okay. How are you going to approach this in terms of volume? If it all goes well and you feel good and the first few rides go well, how are you? How are you at the moment intending to approach this in terms of volume of rides through the season? Are you going to try and pick up where you left off, roughly, or are you going to take a much, much more selective approach?
2: No, no. I'll be picking up where I left off. Um, unfortunately in our game you're either in it or you're not and uh, that's the decision I've made um I'm you're either a jockey or you're you're not really and that's the way I've been all through my life and it's when I'm happiest is when I'm busiest you know
0: and uh, yeah we, we spoke about this before lots of people said you're nuts what are you doing why are you coming back um you only only you can know how your body feels I guess
2: yeah, my body feels great. I, I, I don't. I, I probably am nuts. I suppose everybody that holds a license uh, um, is nuts, but um, um, that's what has nothing really to do with 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 what I'm doing. I, I'm a jockey. I'm still a jockey. Um, I want to be a jockey for another bit. I, I still feel that I can, I can, um, I can mix it with the best of them. So, you know, I'll be long enough retired. Um, and injuries are just part of the game, you know. So I, I'm I'm happy enough to go at it again.
0: Well, Davey Russell there, and he acknowledges the fact, as Dave touched on in the preamble, that people think he's mad to come back. But once a jockey, always a jockey, he says. And the other notable point about that interview, Dave, was that, I mean, he could conceivably, according to him, come back next week if the opportunity presented itself.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's, a, it's a fairly immediate thing. I don't agree with that uh, thing that once a jockey, always a jockey. And I think that, as I say, that that. I think Davy Russell has got more strings to his bow uh, than many top-class jockeys. He's a fascinating person to listen to in interviews and to talk to, and as I say, he, you know, he he clearly is involved with the training side and and many uh, forms of of thoroughbred activity. So um, I, I, I'm sure that when he's no longer a jockey he will still be a significant mover in our sport. But uh, it's it's great to see him back to say, he's. you know, we, we know, you, you watch Russell over the years. He, he's an artist on a, on horseback, and it's, it'll be great to see him back.
0: Dave, to what extent do you think, and, and Davy Russell was there sort of quite clearly saying how well he and Gordon Elliott got on. It's going to be a very important month for Elliott with his licence returning. To what extent do you think Russell will be crucial in the restoration of of Elliot's reputation and the restoration of the stable to where it needs to be if it's going to compete with Mullins and De Bromhead.
1: He'll be extremely important. Let's widen this out for a moment, Nick. You and I, when we're in times of crisis, we turn to our closest friends and we get support from those people who give us advice maybe uh, they come up with things that hadn't occurred to us and so of course it's it's extremely important that when Gordon Elliott comes back he's got the support of somebody who knows him personally who's worked with him professionally and Davy Russell will be an integral part of the Elliott return and I'm I'm absolutely sure that uh, the trainer is is glad that he's got such a, a long standing friend and ally at his side for what's clearly going to be a, a, a pretty difficult return over the next few weeks.
0: Milestones come, milestones go. But when the first person who was ever a guest on this daily podcast trains his thousandth winner, it would seem remiss of me not to call him up. So, Joe Lyons, congratulations. Um, how did a thousand winners feel yesterday? Actually,
3: felt fantastic, but not as much as I just heard you say that I was the first person on your podcast. Wow! I think that's more important, isn't it?
0: Well, little did little did either of us think so at the time, and um, probably probably only one of us really thinks it now. Um, a, a thousand, though, for anybody is a, is an achievement. Somebody said to me, "The key to being a good trainer is is survival." Um, I mean, to what extent is that true?
3: Well, I would have thought we've had many a discussion over the years I would have definitely thought that was me who said to you I always, I hear about this lad and that lad and the other lad and I always see I always mention, I'll see you in five years time basically look at the people who have survived the test of time and they're the people you should be tipping your hat to because this is a game it's a marathon not a sprint and it's a game it, you know it, it breaks big men and it makes small men um it's a fantastic sport but you're either in it for the long haul or you won't survive it's as simple as that that's how i would describe racing
0: you you're basically a long-term uh, overnight success but the uh, the the last three or four years I've seen a notable upswing in quality um, does that coincide with an upswing in your enjoyment of the job or not necessarily? I wouldn't,
3: not necessarily no um, my enjoyment of the job I'd say is swings and roundabouts by the hour not by the day, I'd say by the hour I mean, you're up one minute, you're down the next minute, your horse runs like we had an odds on or even money shot beaten the first yesterday and you're on the ground and then a horse who's let me down plenty of times comes and wins, that's just racing you know, so I find that and I, sh- I would say most trainers who are at it a while would say to you, I find that um, the those who are in it a while, the enjoyment the enjoyment, the buzz last is it, a tad shorter than it used to be, you know but that's just goes with the amount of runners you have you know, um, I, I. It's all about winners. It's all about consistency, and I just love. I love getting up in the morning. My head goes, "What have I got today? I've got two. Have they a chance?" And you know, if you if you think they've got a chance, then it keeps you positive. It keeps you
0: alive, and it keeps you keeps a pep in your step. of you a better description? I'm just looking at some of the two-year-old entries that you've got at the moment. Is this the most exciting group of young horses you've ever had as a whole?
3: Possibly, Nick, but it was. It doesn't feel like that. I mean, this year we just got up and... I said from the very start of the year that we'll have plenty of winners. Uh, we'll have we'll be down on prize money because we've no big horses, and then it depends on how the two-year-olds shape up. But I'm training the two-year-olds differently this year in that I'm not going to rush them. I'm going to take them along quietly and and we'll introduce them quietly, and that's what I've done. And they're all stepping up to the plate. Like the little filly on Friday, she's been a like the, she gave me a wow feeling on Friday. It was her fourth win, but I didn't get a wow offer until Friday. I mean, that was a wow performance. And she just literally goes through the motions at home and does what she's done. Like, every time I've gone to the races, I kept thinking, well, is she up to this? You know, is she up to this? Is she up to this?
0: This is is Sacred Bridge.
3: Sacred Bridge, yeah. And every time she produces. But she's, you know, she's just one of those diamonds that, like, I just love training two-year-olds. And it's for that reason, because... You don't know what you're uncovering, and then it's when the it's when the they hit the ceiling that you to go on to the next one. But she's still on the uprise, you know.
0: Uh, she goes to Cheebly Park.
3: Well, subject was talking to the family. I mean, everything with Judmont is uh, a conversation. Um, they very rarely interfere with the trainer, but ultimately you have to have a conversation with the family and the office, and subject to everybody being on the same page. You know that's where, where you would go with her you know there's a lot of options open to her including um a trip to the states at the end of the year you know like if she stays in this form why
0: not, why uh, not? so that'd be what delmar the breeders cup juvenile Phillies turf uh-huh
3: that would, that would have to come into the conversation that we, we would be having um closer to the closer to the time you know but Viedira won. What a family! What a win for the family over the weekend. She won her Round Tower, and Viedira, her full sister, won a Grade Two. at Saratoga the next night, I think, or at Delma, one of the places. I think it was but she won it within twenty four hours. So um, it's been a very good weekend for that family.
0: I just wanted to pick up on a, a piece in it reported in today's uh, Racing Post by Mark Boylan. Uh, the Irish trainers are pushing horse racing Ireland for a return to to 24-hour declarations. Are you you a subscriber to that?
3: Oh, not at all. It's not a conversation anybody had with me. Um, I I find human beings are very reluctant to change, but this is a change that has benefited me as a trainer, I would say. Um, Gives you time in between uh, to organise yourself. I've asked my team, I've asked a few of my owners that I deal close, of close with, and um, I would say, personally speaking, 48-hour decks is in now, and it's in to stay. I would think it would be a retrograde step to go back, but that's just my opinion, but as I said, that article that you're reading there seemingly represents the trainers, but nobody asked, asked me my opinion, so you've asked it, I'll give it. As far as I'm concerned, 48-hour decks is a good thing.
0: Trainer Ger lines there and concluding by issuing a sharp rejoinder to the notion that all Irish trainers want a return to 24-hour declarations. He is never one simply to swim with the shoal. David Yates remains with me. Enjoyed that from Ger. Wanted just to talk about a couple of incidents over the weekend that were touched on on yesterday's podcast and just confirmation that Ed de Giles, trainer of Zlatan, the disqualified horse from the controversial race at Goodwood on Sunday, is considering an appeal at Dave Yates. I don't suppose that would be much of a surprise to you.
1: It it used to be that they used to trot out that old line every day that people say, oh, you've got to commit murder to get chucked out in Britain these days. And I think that even those of us who like to see the first past the post keep the race unless there's compelling evidence that that they shouldn't would accept that that it, it, it had gone too far in favor of, of that horse, but I think it swung too far the other way now. I mean there was there was no contact between the two horses in that amateur riders race. I don't actually think that that there was intimidation without contact on the part of Zlatan either to Lunar Magic. I, I was surprised at that thing, there's still that clause which I don't like in the uh, statute that says stewards may may ta- may pay special attention if it's a nose or a short head. I just think that that's daft. Like, who cares what... It, don't pay special attention to a nose or a short head. Consider the distance beaten and the interference and make your decision accordingly.
0: And Dave, quick word about the future race this weekend, the Haydock Park Sprint Cup.
1: I'm sorry to be unoriginal, but I think Starman's going to be very hard to beat in this. I, I know that he got going relatively late at newmarket and the the hill helped him up the climb to the line certainly at halfway it looked as though he was an unlikely winner but he had a stack of those haydock horses behind him at newmarket it, it's clear that connections feel that he needs fast ground he wasn't his best at doville on a softer surface last time yeah i think he's going to be very hard to beat sorry to be so unoriginal
0: We'll turn our attention stateside to Saratoga Saturday night. And whilst Essential Quality's Travers win should have been the headline, there's no doubt that the image that has gone worldwide and has resonated the most was that of Firenze Fire, the runner-up in the forego, trying to savage the eventual winner, Yorpon, but for which he almost certainly would have won. This horse was formerly trained by Jason Service since he was disqualified. He was transferred to Kelly Breen, who's brought about more improvement from the horse. Kelly joins me now. Kelly, have you ever seen anything quite like that?
4: Well, the weird thing about it is before I started training him three years ago at Philadelphia Park, he won the race and he had the horse that was in second came over to try and bite him. So actually watching this horse run, uh, he was on the opposite end he was the the horse that was being savaged and now 3 years later i don't know if he learned a thing or two about it or kept it in his memory but he was the one that uh, you know over exceeded his boundary if you want to say uh,
0: that's that's the single greatest euphemism that has ever that's ever been uttered on this uh, on this podcast i've never seen a horse sustainably go for another horse's Bit and bridle. I've seen horses try and nip other horses in a finish. Can you can you offer any explanation for for it from from what you see of the horse on a daily basis? Now
4: the horse has a tendency to be a little bit mean. You know, we try to catch him. You need something, some sort of a treat to catch him. Uh, but once he's around you, he lets you brush him and bathe him and everything else, and he's quite fine. He's got a fondness for women. He has a uh a wonderful woman hot walker that he gets along with great uh he's probably better with the the ladies than the males uh but to be grooms and put the saddle on he likes to bite he likes to kick he's very ornery
0: so to what extent or all joking aside does it does it worry you now going forward
4: no not at all i I think that was a, a once-in-a-lifetime thing that uh, you know, I, I had some questions over here asked about will we work him in company, and I said, I I think that would just provoke him. I, I think we just go about how he's been training. He's raced multiple times without ever having any problems, and I don't think it'll ever happen again.
0: The other thing, of course, is that it's taken away from what was – an absolutely barnstorming performance. Are you pretty clear in your mind that he would have won if he hadn't done that?
4: I think so. I, I think most of the the people watching, where he was had the momentum, he was getting ready to win the race. There was a, another sixteenth of a mile without him, you know, his mind wandering. I think that uh, he was running by it, the other horse, um, and that's to say that he was running by, but. We, we did have the momentum on the other horse, and the horse on the inside was still trying.
0: And, and he's a horse you've had since uh, mid-2020. He's run tremendously consistently for you in, in the main. Do you think that's a career best?
4: Uh, possibly. You know, even the, for the distance, for the time, uh, for his age, he's just running tremendously.
0: And you've got a fair run-in now to, to Del Mar to bid to go two better than he did last year at Keeneland when he was a very creditable third behind behind Whitmore. Do, do you feel he's a better horse now than he was then? Um,
4: you know, it, just watching the younger generation, the three-year-olds, um, the Jackies Warrior, uh, he, he still has to step up his game. He's doing quite well, but there's... Uh, the, the younger generation there's, there's you know it's going to be a tough breeder's cup
0: kelly breen there on the story of the saratoga savage Firenze fire and sort of seeing the funny side of it and uh, and realizing that in fact an enormous wave of publicity is about to engulf this horse as he as he heads with a decent though not favorites chance to to the breeder's cup sprint Yates.
1: Yeah, let's hope that he behaves himself at Del Mar in November. Um, this is beloved of of racing websites, isn't it? These these biting incidents that uh, they can they can put them up. We've had uh, we've had instances of this from all over the world. I suppose still the most famous one in Britain was Moonax uh, when he tried to bite his rivals. But yeah, it's 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 funny because normally in those situations horses they take they, they tend to go for either their rivals rumps or their necks, don't they? But in this case, it seems that Firenze Fire is trying to is is trying to meddle with uh your Pong's bridle. I, I should point out that uh if if he were to have done that in the Palio in Siena he would have presented the, the stewards with a, a difficult decision to make because of course one of the rule the only rule in that race is that you're not allowed uh to meddle with arrivals reins or bridle so maybe he might have been chucked out even in the paleo
0: it is tuesday which means we go around the bloodstock world with our friends at weatherby's in association with their excellent global stallion app and their stallion book and. Our friends at Weatherby's have been busy in the last few weeks publishing the pages for the next great European yearling sales catalogue, which this time is brought to you by BBAG, coinciding with some of the great racing Baden-Baden in Germany. Very pleased to say their director of sales, Klaus Eulenberger, joins me now. Klaus, for those who aren't familiar, the beginning of September is a really important time in in German horse racing and, and breeding. Just tell us why.
5: Good morning, Nick. Yeah, it's the it's the grand festival in Baden-Baden, and um, we we have four racing days here, and we have our premier yearling sale, always uh, two days before the Grand Prix in Baden-Baden, the big group one, and yeah, that's the highlight of the of the twelfth season in Germany, and um, yeah, it makes it very interesting, especially for BBAG this year, as we are a shareholder of the racetrack now, and yeah, we had a we had a very great first racing day on on sunday under the new baden gallop banner and now we're looking forward for to our great sale on friday
0: so, so what is that new baden gallop banner
5: um it is uh, you know baden racing um they have given up the racetrack and we have found uh, new shareholders to take over the racetrack um called baden gallop now and we had first race day on sunday and we'll continue with uh, another three this week that's um wednesday um saturday and sunday and yeah then we also have uh, another two days in october
0: so so that's really been uh, set up to secure the future of this beautiful race course and to to ensure this top quality group one racing continues
5: Yes, it's very important for for German, for German the whole German racing industry to have racing at Baden-Baden, and it needed to continue. So we're very proud uh, to be part of it, and it's um, great that Peter Gaul and Stefan Buchner have taken over the race course as their main shareholders.
0: Your big sale is, is coming up, and some of the great graduates from this sale are, are wonderful names of the turf. Dane Dream, Manduro monson so important in in so many pedigrees now
5: yeah yeah well the, the sale have, has a has a very good record not to forget a novelist who won the king george a few years ago for christoph von bergler so um, yeah very very great success loads of classic winners and yeah we're spe- specialized in stamina yeah,
0: so so that is your selling point if you were to say to somebody come to baden baden because how would you sell it um, we,
5: I mean, we finally, right now, we are there. We have everything. Um, we sell everything. We, you can, you can buy a top sprinter. You can buy a derby winner. You can buy even a gold cup winner. Um, and, but we're still specialized on stamina, you know, with the, with all the established uh, German families. They are bred for, to, to stay the derby and further.
0: And Klaus, am I right in thinking that in Germany there are certain tests a stallion has to pass in order to be at stud?
5: Yeah, well, um, yeah, we're very strict on that, you know, especially with with the doping. um, So... So, um, a, a code which, uh, for example, run until is not allowed to cover in Germany. Also, um, a rig or a overbiter. So, um, yeah, it's very restricted, but, um, it's not restricted on number of mayors what a stallion is allowed to
0: cover. Uh, your your current star, your current star graduate, is a is a horse who finished second in the Grosser Preis von Berlin to to Sir Mark Prescott's Alpinista, to Quattro Tassa. Now I see this horse still holds an entry in the in the Arc. Could this be another surprise German uh, Arc package? Do you think?
5: Yes, he de- he definitely could. He was a, he had a. Unlucky run at Berlin and was beaten by uh, by a great filly of Sir Mark Prescott and Kirsten Rousing. So um, yeah, he's a red hot favourite for Sunday's Group One. Um, he has to face the, the 3 years old crop for the first time. We see how that works, but um, yeah, he will be hard to beat.
0: And that's in Sunday's Grosser prize Yes. And, and looking ahead to the to the sale, it's a really strong catalogue, over two hundred lots. Uh, which which lots are you particularly looking forward to? Uh, it's the it's the strongest
5: catalogue we ever had. It's it's always uh, easy to say that, but um, we never had a better catalogue on paper, and um, the individual horses are just great. We have two Frankels this year, which is uh, a real highlight for us. We have a very nice Unicode out of a uh, classic winning Schammerdahl um, um a thousand Guineas winner in Germany, and um, over the last years, we always had uh, two or three see-the-stars yearlings. This year, we have six catalogued, and yeah, it's a huge success.
0: You've got a sister to two Derby winners by See the Stars, Vince Toss and Velstar. You've got a sister to Miss Yoda and a, a See the Stars cult out of a Group 2 winner as well. And I see you've got a Sayuni cult bred by Gestud Rümerhoff, the breeders of Dane Dream.
5: Yeah, he's a, he's a lovely horse. Out of a, out of a Guinness winner, mare, and um, by, a, by a top breeder. So um, what else you need?
0: Klaus Eulenberger there from BBAG. My thanks to him, to Kelly Breen, to David Russell and to Joe Lyons earlier in the programme. David Yates is still with us and has a winner for you for today.
1: 305 at Ripon, number one, Mark's Choice. This horse enjoys a visit to Yorkshire's Garden Racecourse as much as the rest of us. has won there four times, including on the back of wind surgery last time. Four pounds higher here, but I hope we'll follow up under top weight. 305 at
0: Ripon, selection number one, Mark's Choice all right that's it then that was tuesday august the 31st is that really the last day of the summer we'll see you again tomorrow bye-bye you've been listening to nick luck daily brought to you in association with fitzdares the racehorse owners association and thoroughbred racing commentary